hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Nitro Pack. Nitro Pack is an all-in-one site speed solution. Forget about trying to make caching work with your CDN and image optimization. Nitro Pack combines all speed optimizations into a single cloud-based solution. That includes advanced caching and built-in CDN, image lazy loading and compression, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript optimization, and more. On top of all that, it's easy and effortless to set up, and it won't take you more than five minutes. Once you enable Nitro Pack on your website, that's where the magic happens. The solution starts applying optimization automatically. If you want to save time and make your customers happy, Nitro Pack is the solution for you. Visit howibuilt.it slash nitro and test Nitro Pack risk-free by subscribing to their free plan. That's howibuilt.it slash nitro. Jack Kitterhang has been in the WordPress space for a while. You can say he deeply subscribes to the ethos that owning your own platform is one of the most important things a creator can do. That a SaaS like Teachable won't be there for you like your own platform, something like WordPress and LearnDash. We have a good discussion about the merits of both and try as hard as I can, I can't get Jack to admit that maybe a SaaS is better in some cases. But we cover questions like, is it really easy or is it really easier to set up a course on Teachable? What are the benefits of owning your own platform? We get into all of that and more on this episode of How I Built It. Uh, This episode of How I Built It, by the way, which is brought to you by Nitro Pack, Taylor Brands, and Nexus. You can find all of the show notes and learn more about them over at howibuilt.it slash 261. But for now, let's get into the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps small business owners create engaging content that drives sales. Each week, I talk about how you can build good content faster to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about a free weekly newsletter I'm doing called Creator Toolkits. I want you to become a more efficient creator. It's the whole purpose and mission of this show. I want you to be able to free up more time to create, to get more sales, and to make more money. And you'll be able to do that with these free weekly tips delivered to your inbox every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. with the Creator Toolkits newsletter. As a thank you for signing up, you will get a free content planner that I use personally with uh, YouTube and podcasting, and that is built in Airtable. You'll get that completely for free if you head over to howibuilt.it slash Airtable. Become a more efficient creator with free weekly tips delivered directly to your inbox 
every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern over at howibuilt.it slash Airtable. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to be here with Jack Kitterhang. He is the product manager of LearnDash, which is my favorite learning management system. They are part of the Liquid Web family. Uh, and full disclosure, um, Nexus is a sponsor for this entire season that has no influence over uh, anything I say about any of their other products or who I have on as a guest. Uh, I thought Jack would be a really good uh, guest for this topic, which is evaluating tools, especially for creators. So uh, that's you've heard enough from me. Let's bring in Jack. Jack, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. Thanks, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm excited. You, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of LearnDash. I have been for a long time. Um, I met Justin Ferriman, uh, and he was on this podcast way back on like episode 32 or something like that. Um, and uh, that's over 200 episodes ago because this is episode 261. And uh, he he imparted some great advice, but I've known him since 2016. I've been using LearnDash that long. And so uh, when I heard that LearnDash was joining the Liquid Web family, I was excited because everything, everything you guys are doing over there is great. And then I found out that my good friend and two-time guest on the podcast, Chris Lemma, um, was was taking over as the general manager over there. So now I'm even, you know, I was even more excited. And so um, I've also been following you on Twitter for uh, for a while. Um, I think probably because Justin was retweeting you. Uh, and <laughs> and you're just still kind of doing interesting things. And uh, one of those things was was acquiring old uh, or, you know, .org plugins and, and reviving them and working on them. And so... Um, I'm excited to have this conversation, but before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I am, obviously you guys know my name. Thanks for the introduction, Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> by day, I'm product manager at LearnDash. Uh, I started off with WordPress when I was about 12 years old. Uh, the very first website I built was for retro gaming. So if you're into SNES and retro Mario Kart and you nice. want to run over a banana, uh, I'm the guy. Awesome. <laughs> I've worked in a variety of WordPress companies and roles. I've been everything from support, a support manager, QA, QA engineer, developer, product manager. I've done marketing and product. Um, I've worked across from WP New Dev, which had, I think at the time and still maybe does, like one of the largest plugin catalogs in the WordPress space, most probably. Wow. Um, I worked at Malpuppet prior to their acquisition with Automatic. Um, I left about a year before that. Um, nice. And yeah, I originally come from Southeast London. Um, so if you get a weird accent, that's because I'm not American. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so all right. They, they get a weird strong. accent every week on this show because uh, my New York accent comes out sometimes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. So it sounds like you've been a around the block um, doing kind of a, a, kind of every role uh, in in the WordPress space. Uh, now you mentioned that you you are also a developer. Um, how long was this? Like when you were twelve, you started developing. Is that still part of your day to day, or is it more like does it help you inform uh, how you guide uh, the product? Yeah, so I started actually developing when I was about 10. I okay. first picked up HTML, um, nice. and then I slowly progressed to JavaScript, PHP. 
Um, and I don't particularly use it in my day-to-day now, but it definitely helps inform as product manager. I can speak to the developers like I can speak to the marketing people. Yeah. So I can understand when a developer's explaining scope to me and we're trying to go over like, is this actually doable? And I understand how technical it is as opposed to just trying to force them to do something in a time frame that isn't possible. Yeah, which is a really important skill to have that very few people have. I've 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 been told I have the same skill, um, and I have a master's in software engineering, and I I know that I was never as good a coder as as the the we'll say the developeriest people in my program. <laughs> um, but my uh, my thesis advisor said, yeah, but you have people skills, which is. Um, really important and and I I don't think I would I don't think I would trade off I'm really glad to be kind of that good development skills good people skills balance cuz we I don't think we see that in a lot of uh in a lot of people yeah no I don't think we do I think we see that there's a lot of people that either have one or the other mm. and sometimes <clears throat> you know the developers you speak to a developer and especially more senior ones in some companies and they feel like you don't understand what they're saying it can be a very difficult relationship, especially to kind of have them to trust you in taking yeah. that product forward because they want to know you know what you're talking about. And even if you know it from the customer side, if you don't know it from the technical side, you really need that middle person that can collaborate between you. So it really helps sort of streamline the process. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 trust is is a really important you know uh, facet of that, of course. But uh, it is tough when. Um, even like developer to developer, you know, when I worked in higher ed and we brought in consultants, uh, there was mm-hmm. always that kind of like sniffing around. Oh, how, do you really know more than me? Like you're getting paid more than me. But um, so, yeah, it's, it's forming that relationship and kind of being able to speak each other's language is really important. Um, now, you you are the product manager for LearnDash. We got a little bit of history uh, in the beginning. Um and LearnDash is an LMS plugin that sits on top of WordPress. This show helps creators uh, and small business owners leverage tech and create more consistently. And I think one of the toughest decisions or one of the toughest um, aspects of being a, a creator is um, what platform do I publish on? Where do I put my work? Because on the one hand you want to be able to own as much as your platform as possible. But on the other hand, you don't want to spend, you want to spend your time creating. You don't want to spend your time managing your website. Um, and, and so I think kind of trying to figure out how to strike that balance is uh, really important. So I know in, in the pre-interview, we talked about how you, you've used Teachable and Podia and of course uh, some of the other um, WordPress LMSs. Oh, What's your kind of general philosophy on on finding the right tool? Yeah, I think it's an interesting point because obviously WordPress brings with it a lot of facets where, you know, you need to update plugins. You get that security notice, right? You get the scary email that says, oh, this this plugin needs a major update. And then you're like, oh, no, have I been hacked or what's going on? Yeah. Um, And ultimately, I think it comes down to your kind of skill level, but also your comfort level, right? Do you have someone in your arsenal or can you find a company that can manage it for you? So I think WordPress managed hosts are a great great way of being able to actually go ahead and use WordPress, whatever you want to use it for, right? Because traditionally, WordPress is always cheaper than a SaaS-based route. The SaaS stuff is always more expensive. So 
if you're a small business owner, you're just getting started out, the SaaS stuff may save you some time, which can be valuable, obviously, because everyone values their time. But if you haven't actually got the dollar investment to make, especially if you know you're not coming from an American-based country, you know you're not coming mm-hmm. from one of these countries that has a high economic output, and you know maybe you're looking at the cost and being like, you know, that's that monthly cost for Teachable is perhaps like a quarter of your salary in your country, right. and then you're like, you know, that's just too high a cost. So what do I do? And these managed WordPress hosts are incredibly cheap, by the way, now, right? When I first yeah. started out, like, when I first brought, like, WP Engine, like, multiple years ago, it was, like, I paid, like, $300 a month and got, like, next to not, not a lot more. Yeah. And, like, now they're just getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. You've got all the great players in there. You know, obviously, you've got Nexus with their managed hosts. You know, so I work at Liquid Web. I've used Kinstra extensively as well in the past. Um and there's so many that are so cheap and they take care of everything for you. You know, they take care of the security, they take care of the PHP side, they take care of all of the tech stuff. They got their automatic updates, their automatic backups. If stuff goes wrong, it's super straightforward to get it resolved with them. Um, and I think really that's where my philosophy would be is can you afford it, right? If obviously if you want the ultimate ease of use, genuinely a SaaS is easier because you've not got to configure plugins. You haven't got to install something and think I need this. But what you lose with a SaaS is also you lose the flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to Teachable and they haven't got a feature you want, you can't go to Upwork and post for a developer to code a feature for you. Because right. they can't hook into Teachable system, right? But if you install Landash and you see Oh, I want this cool feature that Learnash doesn't have. You know, it's an open source platform. You can go and find there's plenty of top tier Learnash developers. Uh, we've got a Facebook group of over 20,000 people. There's some great developers in there. There's some great guys and girls that do, you know, these extra plugins for Learnash, these add ons. There's like, I think at last count, you know, there's like 85 add ons for Landash. And wow there's multiple talented teams that can build world-class solutions and you don't get that with the SaaS. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, I've coded a couple of my own little meaning you know, utility plugins for LearnDash. None I think are ready for prime time, but um, they did something <laughs> specific that I wanted, right? I think at one point I was using like ACF for um, for the video URLs so that I could more suitably place them in the template where I wanted. And then <laughs> when 3.0 rolled out, um, the templates got a lot better. And yep. then, I, then I thought, well, I should really convert all the ACF uh, URLs to proper LearnDash video URLs. And I wrote a little plugin to do that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so... Yeah, absolutely. That you do have the flexibility. Uh, I like to I like to put it in terms of uh, do you want to rent or do you want to own? Right, like renting an apartment right. um, means that you probably can't paint the walls or or you know change the kitchen countertops or whatever. Um, but it also means that if the if your heater breaks, you're not on the hook for fixing it. Um, Whereas when you own a house, exactly, you know we got we put in a new shower stall, um, and and a whole bunch of other things in our in our home, um, but our HVAC broke and and we had to pay around nine grand or whatever to get it replaced. So, um, you know it, but uh, so so you need to determine kind of what like you said, uh, what Jack said, what your comfort level is. Do you need that 
flexibility. Um, so when it comes to, uh, so that's kind of self-hosted versus hosted. Um, do you have uh, a, a favorite SaaS solution? Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically going to ask you to pick a, your favorite competitor. Uh, but um, is, is there one? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> what, uh, what, 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 He's trying to get me fired, people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we both know Chris. I think Chris will probably yell at me first. Um, but uh, yeah, what I like to what I like to tell people um, when they're first starting out, right, especially if there's a free tier for some of these SASs is mm-hmm. proof of proof of concept it on the SaaS, right? Um, right. And then and then move it to to learn dash. And yeah, there's gonna be some headache moving it, but you don't really know if you're just starting out, you might not really know what you need until you you need it. Um so I guess I guess with that, you know, uh, Teachable is the big dog, I think, as far as, as SaaS goes. Podia is one I, I, I guess has been around for a while, but I've just recently heard of. Yeah, Podia's been around a while. I guess they're, they're just coming into it with their own. They're very community-driven, like a community mm. way of learning. Yeah. And that's becoming more and more popular like with cohorts right. and everything. Yeah. So they're pretty big on that. Um, you know, before, long back before I joined Landash, I used Teachable. I like Teachable. I got nothing against Teachable. Um, you know, it's a solid platform if you're getting started out. And I guess if I had to pick one, I most probably would pick them. Um, and, you know, if Chris listens to this, Chris, I'm sorry, don't fire me. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the biggest problems, like you pointed out, was that when you want to move platform it can be a, a pain, right, to move a platform. Um, you know, it's not a straightforward thing. The content doesn't right. come over one for one. Um, and it can be, you know, it can be a manual process. It's not right. necessarily an automatic process. And quite often, you know, someone says, well, write a script. And you're like, yeah, but to write a script, it's going to take me X amount of hours. And by that yep. point, I could literally just copy and paste the content, right? right. It becomes like, yeah, point right. Yeah. Do I, script. do I script it or do I just do it? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly do, I, right. do I spend like days writing a script that then breaks? And I'm like, yeah. Obviously, I think at that point, you've got to consider like, is it a one time use? Which, if you're right. moving platforms, it most probably is. And if you've got no interest in selling that script to someone else, then quite often it's easier to just, you know, get someone to copy and paste content for you. So, right. you know, if you've got a new assistant, they got a perfect job, move the content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's my, my VA, God bless her. She, uh, she is in charge of a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Now I will say, um, I've heard that teachable is, is probably good. I heard that teachable is terrible for memberships and subscriptions though. Um, which is right it in, is in my opinion uh the the best features that LearnDash has rolled out in like the last year is that membership and now subscription support um i'm using woocommerce subscriptions so i think i'm stuck on that cuz i don't want to migrate all of my uh <laughs> all of my customers over cuz that's like a big pain um but thanks to LearnDash's membership feature i was able to drop the $200 a year WooCommerce membership plugin I was using. Um, and and now that that plugin got acquired, I don't have to worry about offending my friends, I think, who, who made it. But um, so, I mean, th- that feature alone saved me a bunch of money and it was super easy to implement. And then I didn't have kind of 
I had less dependency for the same functionality. So, yeah. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to make LearnDash straightforward and simple for like a small business owner, someone that wants to create a course, an expert, you know, but we're not missing out the other people, right? We're not missing out higher ed. We're not missing mm-hmm. out, you know, the person that's trying to create, you know, corporate training, things like that. But if you're a subject matter expert, you don't want to install LearnDash and then need, oh, we'll come our subscriptions, we'll come right. memberships and, you know, not only are they expensive plugins, they're also incredibly complex to set up, right? You know, yeah. you see people try and figure out in the Facebook groups, like, oh, what buttons do I need to press? What tools do I need on? And how many billion cycles is this? So if you can just go, get LearnDash and install it and be like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, I don't need to do anything else. And like, obviously, maybe I shouldn't reveal it, but that's part of LearnDash 4.0. So the upcoming nice. version, LearnDash 4.0, nice onboarding wizard, get people started quicker. Right. Awesome. It's always about getting them in the door and helping them create their course because that's where everyone gets stuck. Like, you know, people so many people buy a course plugin, they buy they, you know, they sign up to a SaaS and they never even launch their course because they're just too confused by how to actually create the course. So if yeah. you can take care of that setup for them and then just let them create the content because that's what they are. They're experts in what they do and that's what they want to teach. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. Um, I, I'll just say a couple of other things here. Uh, it sounds like my bootcamp videos are getting uh, less and less relevant as, they, as time goes on, which is, <laughs> um, I, I should say that those videos have, have landed me a couple of coaching clients. People reached out and they're like, hey, you're the guy who does the Learn Dash videos, right? Like, can I hire you? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but that's, that's really great to hear. And um. And then another aspect, right, is you mentioned it earlier, managed managed hosting, right? Managed WordPress hosting. Um, yep. Again, I'll throw in that full disclosure that Nexus is a sponsor, but their store builder and WP QuickSight are two, two tools that um, I, I reckon, I mean, this is high speculation, so I won't speculate, but those tools make it really easy to bring parity to WordPress versus other SaaSes, right? Where you just sign up for an account and now you have a membership site, right? With Restrict Content Pro, where you have a WooCommerce site um, with Store Builder. And so I can definitely see more, um, more WordPress products going that route. I think as we record this, Elementor just launched its own uh, exactly, they've launched Elementor yeah. Cloud, and yeah. you know, I think you see people trying to remove friction right in the WordPress space yeah. because WordPress has always been a friction-heavy, you know, kind of marketplace, right? You know, they say the famous five-minute install—it's a famous five-minute install—but you've got to go and register domain, point some DNS, find a host, upload the files, connect to FTP. What's FTP? You know, someone right. doesn't know that. And Make the like database. That. I <laughs> right. I installed WordPress from scratch recently. And like it all came flooding back to me. I'm like, I actually have to go in and make a database. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's a five minute install when the hosting company is on board and they're like, yeah, oh, we'll make the database automatically or whatever. Like, um, right. but yeah, like a five minute install with all those caveats you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. It's that five minute install depending yeah. on your technical capabilities from yeah. five minutes to five hours right? yeah right like, right and a, and a lot of head banging. and i think that's where companies are trying to go right 
is almost removing the WordPress layer. So you're keeping the flexibility of WordPress, but you're not keeping kind of the stuff that makes it hard for people to get started. Like let right. them dive in. You're seeing more and more plugins with wizards. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't like the term necessarily of a wizard because I always think of a wizard as kind of like, well, what, do you think I'm stupid? Like, do I really yeah. need this wizard? Like, I'll say yeah, myself. Yeah. But it's not about it. It's more like a quick start, right? Kind of right. like you see in Store Builder. Like, yeah. Obviously, obviously, I do work at Liquid Web uh, to go with Joe's disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> but Store Builder, you know, Store Builder has that great thing where it removes that that layer of friction between WordPress and WooCommerce, right? A lot of people sign up for Store Builder and they're not signing up because it's like hosted WooCommerce or it's not hosted WooCommerce. They're signing up because it's a way to get an e-commerce site quickly on WordPress with flexibility. It's yes. not about it being powered by WooCommerce. It's not anything to do with WooCommerce, right? They just want an e-commerce store on WordPress without the struggle. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Taylor Brands. One thing we cover a lot on this show is how important it is for new businesses to have a strong online presence. But how many of us actually know how to build a brand on our own? That's where Taylor Brands comes in. It's an AI-driven platform that automatically gives you everything you need to launch a beautiful brand without having any previous design experience. Once you create a logo with it, seriously, it takes five minutes. I tried it. Your design theme is automatically integrated into a website, unlimited designs for social media, a digital business card, and even printed business cards and merch. You can access all of it through the Taylor Brands platform. The great thing about it is that everything takes a few minutes to set up so you can have an entire online presence by the end of the day. And you can get 40% off if you go to taylorbrands.com and use my code, HOWIBUILTIT. That's the name of the show, all one word. That's taylorbrands.com and code HOWIBUILTIT to create an online presence for your business at 40% off. You know, to call back to kind of me asking you to pick your favorite SaaS, right? Your favorite kind of mm-hmm. competitor. Um, I think soon it's it's really not going to be a, a comparison, right? Because you look at like LearnDash, um, I think it th- that part is getting a lot easier. And that's kind of what I base my, like I base my whole membership on, right? Over at Creator Crew. It's like how to have your own platform. And I don't exactly say it that way because nobody's like Googling like how to have my own platform, but um, yep. how to leverage the right tools. And unless you're paying Teachable like hundreds of dollars a month, they're taking the credit card fee and then a little extra, right? I think it's like 10% for the lowest plan. Like that's a big chunk of change. It's huge. That's why people stop selling eBay, right? Because yeah. of the eBay fees. And then, you know, you got to consider like you people want to take their million dollars in sales and then they lose like 100K off that and, you know, they pay all their taxes on top, they pay their staff, and you're like, oh, shit, I've lost half my money. Right. <laughs> Where did my money actually go? And that's obviously what you get with, uh, you know, something like LearnDash or a WordPress plugin is you get the fact that the sales are yours. Like, you know, you make that sale, you pay Stripe, they're 2.9%, they're 2.4%, whatever they take, mm-hmm. um, and then, you're, you know, the rest is in your pocket. And that allows you as well to build a better site, right? You know, you can build a better business. You've got more money to hire people. Like if yep. you take a lot of money and you're paying a, a company 10% to kind of handle your sales for you, like imagine if you can invest that 10% into your business as opposed to paying it out to a SaaS. Right. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and there are there are benefits. There could be benefits, right? If Teachable had like a featured course every week and you knew that your course would get featured and that that would boost sales like 500%, right? Maybe yep. that 10% is worth it, right? But they're too big at this point to, to do that. Um, just like Udemy is, I mean, Udemy is like highway robbery in my, in my opinion, but that's maybe for another time. Um, <laughs> that's a whole two hour conversation. Itself. I know, I know. I, I have strong opinions. I think, uh, gosh, I spoke to, uh, oh man, it's really going to escape me. I spoke about it on a previous episode though. So I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, which you can find over at howibuilt.it slash two, six, one. Um, so that's kind of WordPress versus SaaS, right? Um, mm-hmm. But there's, if you, let's say our list, I feel like we've heavily guided the listeners towards going uh, the WordPress route. <laughs> um, there's also a lot of competitors in the WordPress space, right? I think, pro, let me, tell me if I'm wrong. I would suspect that Lifter is your, is your biggest competitor. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, so Lifter LMS is up there and then Tutor LMS kind of, you know, started gaining more popularity. I would say, I think actually if you look, on WordPress.org, Tutor LMS has more active installs than Lifter now. Interesting. And both, um, of, both of those have a, a freemium model, right? Where you get some, some functionality for free. Exactly. So both of them have a freemium model, which, um, you know, does drive people to kind of try and try them first. But mm. they also have that model where, you know, I can't speak much to Tutor LMS's pricing uh, right now, but, you know, Lifter LMS, for instance, if you want everything and you want advanced quizzes like what LearnDash has, it's almost like twelve hundred dollars a year, right? Right. And then LearnDash is sitting at like one fifty nine, um, and there's so much in LearnDash for the price, right? It literally is. I know I work there, but even if I didn't work there, it is incredible value, like for what you get. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I I will vouch for that, right? I think probably the the biggest. I think maybe the biggest pricing model difference between Lifter is the one I'm I'm most familiar with. Um, outside of LearnDash, right, is that Lifter kind of offers um, kind of not a la carte pricing, but it's like there are different packages. I feel like LearnDash is the more a la carte, right, where you get the core functionality for a very low price, and then maybe you need to buy a couple of add-ons to do this and that. But Right, and I mean, yeah. we include like we include LearnDash developed add-ons in the price, so you right. know, you get the right. 15 LearnDash developed add-ons. We release new ones consistently. Like last year, we released achievements and integrity. So yeah. integrity helps protect your courses and your content. Um, and I think, you know, there are kind of these add-ons that maybe some people want. So for instance, um, like, you know, you want to create a Udemy style site. There's a great plugin for that for LearnDash. You can create a Udemy style site with LearnDash. Um, and there's so many ways you can do it. WooCommerce as well, if you wanted yeah. to, or multi-vendor marketplace. But, I would say, like, if you're a core course creator, that really LearnDash does include most of the functionality you need, right? There's very, yeah. there's very few instances where, like, you're a subject matter expert and you would be like, oh, no, I need to spend another five hundred dollars on some other add-ons, right? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I, I, I use LearnDash Core, and they're they're included add-ons. And then, like I said, I'm only using WooCommerce subscriptions because when I started using LearnDash six years ago at this point, there was no subscription thing. Um, but I mean, today, memberships and subscription 
I think in its purest form, like it's really, it's, I can't say enough nice things about that feature specifically. I just love it. Um, and then, and then, yeah, there's like the Stripe add-on, right? Uh, which I think is, uh, did I read in the Facebook group that's getting built into, you don't, you won't need an add-on for that soon? Right, yeah. So we're actually getting uh, Stripe Connect into Lundash Core. So Stripe Connect is a oh, nice, easy nice. way to get started with Stripe. So, you know, just hit that Connect button, log in or yeah. create a Stripe account and you're set up and ready to go. So, you know, you know what faffing about with keys and webhooks and setting stuff up in Stripe. And You know, I wish you told me that because I just put a, YouTube, I put a YouTube video out on how to, how to do the whole thing. Um, but it, that's, <laughs> that's, really, that's really good, right? Because Stripe has changed considerably. Over uh, probably the last two years, right? A year or so. Yeah, Stripe. Stripe changes considerably. And, you know, I love Stripe, especially as a developer. They have fantastic documentation. Yeah. But they're always updating their endpoints, their their webhooks and everything you need to do. So sometimes like at Line Dash with the Stripe add-on, we were we would release an update and then we'd be like, You have to go into your Stripe dashboard and you have to edit like this setting and this setting yeah. for it to actually work. And that's very confusing for people. Like, you know, they're yeah. like, Why do I have to do that? Like Stripe worked forever. So with Stripe Connect is great. It's all taken care of. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. So, so I guess I guess what I'm really digging at here. Um, I don't want to because I don't want to. I don't want you to just say, you know, keep talking about your competitors and all that. But um, there are <laughs> different needs and and different feature sets, right? Um, and so. I guess, what do you recommend for the creator as they're evaluating all of these options? So I think what you need to do is you need to really step back and think about your learners, right? You need to create the persona of who is actually going to be taking your course. You know, it's no good just coming at it and throwing some content on the website and thinking people are going to come to it and take your course because they're never going to do that, right? right? It needs to be targeted. Um, it needs to, you know, you need to think, I know Chris is a big fan of his micro segments. Yeah. You know, you need to segment your users on what they're looking for. And that will really inform your decision of a platform, right? Because once you define the segments, you know what features you need. And then once you know what features you need, you can go ahead and do a comparison across them all. And, you know, I would say that you shouldn't always pay attention to comparison pages on anything like a right. SaaS, a WordPress plugin, because they're, uh, uh, yeah, without saying to, they're very creative, like, you know, right. that you see on some of these places and you're like, that's not really accurate, but okay. Um, right. And so I think, you know, do your own research and find trusted experts and, you know, find them YouTube reviews and real users. And once you have them segments, you can go and be like, well, you know, perhaps you need like Zoom integration. Mm-hmm. So then you go and you look at every platform that has Zoom integration and then you work out the cost, you know, is it in core? Do you need to pay extra money for it from a third party? How well supported is it? How integrated is it? And you can work out then the cost as well of what you need. Because like a lot of people make the mistake, they jump into a course platform and then they find out after they're creating their course, oh, I need these 10 features. Right. And then if, if you're in a SaaS like Teachable, most probably you've got to move because you can't do it if they don't have the feature. Right. If you're on a WordPress plugin, you either find out you need to pay thousands of dollars to a developer to build it, or you need to go and spend another ten. You know, you need to go and spend another thousand dollars on third-party add-ons, um, and that's really important that you figure out what segments you're targeting so you know what features you need. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I, you know, I've talked about this a lot because um, I just kind of go. I've I, 
I my approach was always you always came with the hubris of using WordPress since like 2004. So I'm like, I probably know what I'm doing. But when I first launched my online learning site, uh, it was using Paid Memberships Pro and WooCommerce and Sensei. And then I started using LearnDash and I thought, well, if I'm using WooCommerce anyway, why would I use Paid Memberships Pro besides the fact that I know the Coleman's and I live like an hour away from them. Um, But it wasn't really the right tool for the job. And... Then, um, you know, LearnDash has changed and and includes a lot more. And I, then I went and did the same thing for the How I Built It membership site, where I built a whole new membership site. And I'm like, why didn't I just put this in my other site that supports memberships? So, um, you know, that's a, that's a, an exa- that's a cautionary tale. Um, Right. <laughs> I was just kind of like, shoot first, ask questions later. Let's see if I could do this. But I, like you said, the important thing to do is, is make a list of your, your most important features. I uh, think you make a yeah. good point as well, because when you have like, you know, you've got a membership plugin, you've got an e-commerce plugin, and then you've got a platform plugin. So a platform plugin is something like LearnDash, you know, something like that. And each plugin has a registration process, right? Mm-hmm. Each plugin hooks right. into WordPress login, WordPress registration, and I see it all the time. People get so confused in different Facebook groups. You know, they're like, I've got these five plugins and they all handle registration differently. And I've got like six registration pages and where do people go to log in? And yeah. like, and I think, you know, and that's one of the reasons we added subscriptions and memberships to LearnDash nice. is to create that streamlined process, right? Because then if you've just got one plugin, it's one process. And that's really important, especially if, you know, you're not a dev developer type person, right? You don't want that confusion. Um, because yeah, when you get all these plugins together and they're like, well, where do I go to log in? Oh, I've got four login pages. <laughs> right. And, and emails too, right? This is another thing. Yeah. Like I had someone sign up for my newly minted membership and I had the, the learn dash notifications on, except I had it so that when you purchased a product, WooCommerce would automatically register you for all 10 courses and then I had a generic like email them whenever they register for a course, right? So now my mm-hmm. users are getting the the receipt, the account information, um, and then 10 emails for each individual course that they've registered for. <laughs> uh, and so I've since turned that off. And now I think LearnDash also lets you send an email after like the first lesson or, or maybe it's a Zapier trigger. I set up something a lot better <laughs> where, yeah. um, you know, they, they basically get an email explaining everything. And then at some point in the course, they'll get an email uh, that says like, Hey, good job. Do you have any questions or whatever? Right. And I think that's a great point is that, you know, QA, QA your product before you launch it. Right. Always, like, you know, you set up a new website. Uh, I've been in QA for a while. Always go through the steps as an end user, right? Completely take a step back. And even better, if you've got a friend that you trust, you know, give your friend the site link and like, does this make sense to you? What do you receive? Because it's so easy when you're the one building it to kind of get lost in it and be like, yeah, this makes total sense. Then someone else steps in with a fresh pair of eyes and they're like, this makes no sense at all, right? It's the most confusing thing in the world. Um, and right. that would really help you as as a as a creator to kind of figure out the processes that you want to put in place. It's like if you get 
like 50 emails when someone signs up yeah. and then they're like, what's going on? Like, yeah. Straight into spam and then, you know, you, you kind of hurt your email sending reputation before you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's And that's, Ramley John uh, has a really good book that the name is escaping me. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes though. It's all about like the user onboarding experience. And and this is what inspired me to test the whole process myself, right? Because again, it's easy when you're, I'm a developer, I've been using WordPress for a long time. So I'm just kind of like, I assume that things will work the way they're supposed to, right? But like, right. that's not, you shouldn't ever do that, especially if you're bringing a bunch of tools together. So um, I think kind of bringing it back around, right? You, you, you list out your the most important features for your learners, right? Do that ideal customer avatar. Who's coming to you? Is it, is it like a mom with three kids who's trying to learn like, because she got the glorious simultaneous nap time of all three kids, which by the way, my wife and I achieved that over the weekend. Um, or, uh, or is it, is it somebody who has to learn for part of their job? They're going to have different experiences. You figure out the right tool and then, and then, um, test and and work through it yourself and see see what the onboarding experience is like exactly onboarding is so important to the process right that's where you gain you know you literally can churn someone out onboarding like yeah. onboarding is so bad and then they're just like i'm not going to use this you know that's a refund request or they just churn and you know especially as a small creator Obviously, churn is important for everyone, but right. if you're a small business, you don't want to be churning customers before they start the journey. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I tweeted, well, I tweeted this like back in August, and then somebody just responded to it like yesterday. Um, but I thought it was baffling to me that in WooCommerce, you can't customize the thank you page without a, I think it was a $50 or $99 add on. And they're like, well, like WooCommerce model is it's free. And then they make money on the extras. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but like my point is that shouldn't be an extra. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the thank you page is a core part of the, right. uh, of the purchase experience, especially if you're going to have like, if you're going to sell digital products or login information, right? Like, and so yeah. I think like uh, another liquid web product, Cadence, um, allows you to custom Cadence. One of Cadence's products allows you to do that customization. They have like the WooCommerce emails customization too. Um, yeah. And so you know this is all a lot to think about, um, but it's all important, I guess. Is is my? Uh, I guess this is a, kind of a tangent, right? But. Um, the, the no, more, it's a good point yeah. because I think a lot of people in WordPress feel like they're nickel and dimed, right? They're yeah. new to it. Like you're yeah. new to WordPress and you kind of get that thing where you see it's free, it's cheap. Uh, you know, you see these famous like GoDaddy $5 hosting and Bluehost super cheap hosting and all these super cheap deals. But then you actually get into it and you kind of feel nickel and dimed because you go and buy a plugin, a premium plugin, and you get to that point where you think, well, you know, now I've spent like a thousand dollars. I need to spend another three thousand dollars, and now I need to spend two thousand dollars for a consultant to actually put it all together for me. And it's quite easily done where you know you spend too much because it wasn't planned out. Like if you're a small business owner, you're you're a creator, always plan out what you're trying to build because then you know what you're getting into before you start. Too many people just dive into picking out a host, installing WordPress, and they chuck tons of stuff on it. 
right? It's like a kid in a candy store. Like, let's put yeah. every candy in the bag and we'll find a figure it out later. And then that's kind of like, you know, you end up with a stomachache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And and um, I think that this is, I think it's important to have a good guide here to understand what you're doing. Um because this can this can sound overwhelming, right? Like this could this sounds overwhelming to anybody who's like, well, I just want to start an online course, right? And this is why kind of laying right. out those requirements is important and picking the right tool from the outset is important. So um kind of like we've talked about, right? My issue stemmed from trying to do too many things and like an ardent uh goal to not have to write any of my own custom code. And so I just threw a bunch of things together. If I had done it right, I would have probably in the beginning just used LearnDash's payment gateways um, instead of WooCommerce. Maybe with a different subscription plugin or a different membership recurring payment plugin at the time. Um, so you know, I I want to I want to stress that um, any of these tools, SaaS or self-hosted can be overwhelming and it's easy to, you could choose the wrong one no matter what. So, so putting some thought into the beginning and finding good resources um, is important. And then the, the, I think the big benefit of going the self-hosted route, like Jack mentioned earlier, is if you do need something custom, it's a lot easier on the self-hosted platform. So um, blending that ease of use with customization is like the sweet spot for a lot of creators. Yeah, definitely. Because I think as well, you see in the SaaS world, you see people kind of sign up because they think it's easier. But, you know, SaaS products can be so overwhelming too. You yeah. know, go and spin up any SaaS product today and see how many options they got. There's so many options and it it's kind of an option overload because everything's built in. Yeah. So that's where WordPress is nice as well because WordPress is, you know, more modular. Right. Yeah. If you don't necessarily need it, you don't have to have it. No one's forcing you to install fifty plugins. Like no yeah. one says go and install fifty plugins. Right. Like. Right. I see people and they install hundred plugins and they're like, "Do I need all this?" And it's like, "Well, you know, you've got five security plugins and six like caching plugins." <laughs> right. It's like, no, you definitely don't need it all. This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. When it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. StoreBuilder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that StoreBuilder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. StoreBuilder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. To bring it back to, to LearnDash, um, you do, I think you have still right now one of the better um, onboarding or getting started experiences because you have the boot camp with videos embedded, right? right. Beautifully yep. narrated 
By Perfectly someone. Done. <laughs> Perfectly done. That's yeah, just wonderfully done. Ever. Yeah, great <laughs> videos. Um, no, and I think that's really, I think that is super helpful, right? I think that, um, you know, obviously there's great value in in that video learning aspect. And I don't know if Teachable has it, but I do know that there are, I just set up like Sparkloop uh, for mm-hmm. email referral. And they have a pretty good onboarding process, but I would love to see that come down to like fewer steps, right? Right. And I think that's like where we're trying to go with Lion Dash, right? Yeah. With onboarding wizard. Because yeah. we're and but what we're also trying to do is make sure that it's powerful while still being simple. Right. right. So like at the end of the onboarding wizard, we show you like, you know, we've we've created 50 steps automatically you know we've configured this this and this option for you based on what you told us but then it's there so if you're an advanced user you know maybe you want to change some settings about before you yeah. finish it and then you know you also you follow chris on twitter you see my twitter so you may have seen me mention the new uh the new video creation tool so the new course creation tool will basically allow you to drop a playlist url into the tool and we will build your course for you all yeah. you literally need is one URL. Every video is pulled in. The description is passed. Everything's in there. And that's going to be such a powerful way to get started with Landash. Yeah. Right? If you're you're that small creator and you've got videos, one link, click one button, and you're away and ready to go. Yeah, that that's really amazing, right? And I suspect you probably know this better than me, but is do you find that most of your creators are using like unlisted YouTube videos for their for their courses or Yes, we see a lot of unlisted YouTube videos. Then we also see a lot of um, Vimeo. So, you know, the yeah. tool will support multiple video players and most probably nice. in the end just support any video file format. Like, you know, give us a Dropbox links with some MP4s in it. We'll pull them in. We'll pull anything in. You know, if yeah. it's a video, we can pull it in. And, you know, I remember when Chris asked me for this and he was like, can, can we do this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can do it, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't see any problem. I'm reasonably confident we can do it. And like, I gave it to, obviously, you know, since the acquisition, Liquid Web has like hired us more developers. We've yeah. got a lot more development power than we had. And I gave it to one of our new developers who's been a friend of mine for a while. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And I was like, can you do it in two days? So I really want to look at a prototype. And he was like, that's kind of quick. And I was like, yeah, but I know you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know on one of the Fridays he just sends me this link and he's like yeah try this out here and I'm like perfect right like you know it's abs- it's just so amazing to see it created so fast like you know I dropped yeah. the YouTube playlist URL then I had a course with like 12 steps built in like 60 seconds yeah gosh that's that is amazing because as I use Vimeo Pro um and uh that is by far the most time consuming part I mean Putting the course together, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> right. when it comes to m- launching the course, right? That is by far the most time-consuming part is, is your course builder in LearnDash is already really good, right? You can, you can kind of create mm-hmm. everything there in one screen and then kind of click through to each one. But man, just uploading a playlist. This is, this is I think, one of the the great reasons why you should go with uh, with tools like like LearnDash, right? Um, right. Because because of the flexibility, the ability to move fast, right? You want to serve the most amount of customers possible, but 
um, if you do have these kind of little niche uh, needs, um, they can also be served probably more likely there than like with, with, uh, with teachable or whatever. Right. right exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like appealing to everyone as well. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, I think a lot of people do create video courses now. I mean, yeah. personally, I, I'm like a writing, but I'm like a written mm. down person. Like every course I do is like written down and everyone's like, why aren't you doing video? I'm like, well, as you can tell, I don't have a good mic. I don't, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a good setup for doing video, right? I live in I live in southeast London. You know, there's a lot of background noise quite often. It's not really optimal to mm-hmm. try and do video courses. Um, so, you know, I write it down. But I love the fact that people will be able to get started so quickly, right? Yeah. Like so many people come to us at Landash and they want video. And to just be able to dive into that and have that as part of the wizard, right? It's just so easy to set up and do. And, you know, sometimes there's questions like, you know, well, how do I, how do I create a lesson? Like, what is a lesson in LearnDash? And it's like, you know, you don't even have to worry about that because right. we do it for you, right? Yeah. We're assuming your video is a lesson, right? Right, right. Mm, add a price to it because the setup wizard, you've got Stripe Connect, you'll be selling your course in, I don't know, however fast your internet connection is, right? If your internet connection is pretty decent, you can be selling the course in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. The famous five-minute install, right? Right. Um, famous five-minute install, yeah. but learn that style. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that's so great. I love that. Um well, I think I think we've I think we've given the listeners some some good takeaways, right? Uh I think probably the most important thing uh to think about is is your needs um and how you can be best serve, right? You want to serve. Do you want to look at cost and flexibility? Um, Understanding that your needs are going to, your needs are going to grow too. So, um, and that's a great point. Scalability, right? Yeah. Scalability with a SaaS versus a self-hosted solution. Like if you've got a WordPress site and you get a million hits, you know, you're on Oprah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh crap, what do I do? Right. Well, like most managed WordPress hosts will serve that for you. They've got the capability to serve that content. They'll figure out the billing with you later. But if you're on a SaaS and then they're like, uh, no, sorry, you hit a limit. Like, you know, right. you need to upgrade your plan. Right. And it's like, so, oh, I just lost like, you know, $500,000 in sales because I need to upgrade my plan. Right. Whereas, you know, the WordPress host will just do that. And, you know, I think you can see even, I can't remember the company now, but there's like a big brand on Shopify you know, they have problems with scalability because Shopify is fantastic and they got some of the best engineers in the world. But what you've got to keep in mind is you're always really on shared hosting, right? With a, with a SaaS. Yeah. You're always on shared hosting. You're always sharing it with someone else. And, you know, a noisy neighbor like they annoy you in real life can annoy you on the server. Yeah. And you get that person that gets a ton of traffic or, you know, they get something happened to them. And that's where owning your own platform really comes into its own. Right on WordPress, you've got that flexibility to move it wherever. If you get a sudden spike, spin up a new server, route some traffic somewhere else, you can't do that on a SaaS. You can't yeah. magically make headway on a SaaS like that. Right, right, yeah, and and I mean, even even using YouTube or, or Vimeo, right? You have your videos there, uh, and like granted, you probably have the raw files, but I, from what I understand, Teachable does the video hosting too, right? So. Right, exactly. Like, and what if I just want to share a video? What if I want to move services? Now I have to download and re-upload all those videos again. Or, or um, yeah. I think, I guess the the 
this is maybe the thesis that I'll set in when I do the intro for this episode, right? But um, as a creator, it's important to be flexible, right? If you just if you just want to sell one course and you know it's just going to be one course, maybe maybe Teachable is good for you, right? But if you want to build uh, a business where you're creating content, where you're um, building a community and working with students, I think you you probably want a little bit more than just the ability to to give access to to videos by by a single payment, right? Right. I think also it's important as a business to own your own data, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. and that's what you get with WordPress, right? Everyone, you got a WordPress site. Even if the plugin itself doesn't provide you a way to export, you've got WordPress's exporters, there's plugins that can export. Yeah. You've got direct access to your database. You know, Just download your database. You've yeah. got all your data there. You own your data. You can do anything with it you want. You don't always get that with a SaaS. I mean, technically, obviously, you own the copyright to the course you upload, to what you create. But you know, you, we've seen it before with SaaS in the past, not necessarily in the LMS world, but other SaaS where, you know, they lock down the person's account because of whatever reason, you know, some like old tweet gets resurfaced and like, you yeah. know, that person gets cancelled and then they cancel the account. And if you've got a WordPress site, you own it. You know, it's yeah. very rare for a host to cancel an account, basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I, I've never seen or had any customer in like 12 years say, oh, my host canceled my account because of this. Right. Right? It's always right. because of a SaaS. Because what you get with a SaaS is like, and this does happen in the LMS world, right? So you have a textbook that's mm-hmm. like in a high school, in a class. Someone wrote that textbook like 20 years ago. And then they file like a copyright claim on the person because they used a, you know, they used a small piece of that text in their course to like mm-hmm. make a point, do a quote. But then some of these platforms, they will take your website down. They'll take your course down as they investigate. Right. And then you've got no other income stream. Like if that's your income stream to pay your mortgage and your course gets taken down while they investigate for four weeks, like right. what do you do? But if you're on WordPress, you know, you've got the content. You, you've got the full access to everything. And yeah. that's why I think as a creator, it's super important to have your own access, your own content. I, I guess that's right. You're taking on a little bit more risk, but you presumably understand, I guess you're not even taking on more risk. You're taking on the same amount of risk, but now you have this middle entity that doesn't want to take on the same liability that maybe you understand, right? Maybe that's the way to put it. I guess you can mitigate the risk, right? Because what the problem is, is obviously you get someone sends in a copyright claim to a SaaS and they don't want to be sued for $400 million from right. someone with a book. So they just take down your account because that's the quickest way to resolve it. Right? Right. They don't want to go to you and say, oh, have you got permission for this? Can you prove the permission? It's too right. long-winded. Right. Whereas if you own it and you get that request and you're like, mm, yeah, I didn't actually get permission, you can just delete off the website, right? right. Apologize, delete off the website. The content is removed. I won't do it again. Sorry. Yeah. And it's mostly not going to go any further, but you've still got your content. Whereas right. at SaaS, they don't, they never get to that point because their lawyers internally are too worried about being sued to right. give you that opportunity. Yeah, and 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 similarly, right? Like, uh, t- if somebody wants to sell uh, Sue Teachable for four hundred million dollars, they could probably get some fraction of that. If they're suing me right. for four hundred million dollars, they're not getting that. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and that's the thing yeah. as well. I think you get that with a SaaS. You know, some of these companies they're more willing to go after a larger brand, right? Right. Because they know, like, if they take Joe to court, 
you know, they're not going to get four hundred million dollars from you, but they take right. Teachable to call. They yeah. can get, you know, they can get some. Right, they're going to get five hundred thousand dollars from my insurance policy, and then my premium is going to go up like ten bucks a month or something like that. Like that's <laughs> right. that's what they'll get from me. Um, yeah, so that's a really good. That's a really good point. I think. I think. I really like this episode because I don't feel like we started at a very clear spot and then we ended in a, in a really good spot. So thank you listeners for coming on this journey with us. Um, before I ask Jack about his trade secret, I do want to say that we'll talk briefly and build something more about um, cohort-based co- courses mostly, but where online learning is going and where Jack sees LearnDash in that in that bigger picture. Um, but before we get to that, oh, by the way, sign up over at uh, howwebuilt.it slash 261 if you want to become a member to hear that conversation. But Jack, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Oh, do I have any trade secrets? I guess my main trade secret is uh, is that I don't. You know, I, I, I guess the main trade secret is being in the game a long time and working in a lot of places. That's my trade secret, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wear of many hats. Um, learn That's, as much as you can. I like that. I like that. Put in put in the work, learn from people. Um, there's no... there. That's not a secret. That's just something I think that people want to try to shortcut, right? Yeah. Put in the time and learn it. Like, you know, there's so many great people, especially if you're getting started in the WordPress or creative space. There's great communities out there that, you know, push people along and help out. And without them communities, you don't grow, right? I mean, the first websites I built were freaking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were absolute crap. Like, I yep. was quite... Blue quite background, gold terrible. text. That was my first right, website. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and a bit of marquee, you know, scrolling yeah. along the top, you know. <laughs> we made websites at similar times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Jack, this has been a great conversation. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at CodeMonkey underscore Jack. And you can also find me at Jack.dev, which is my sparsely used blog, though I do post uh, every few weeks. <laughs> Jack.dev. Wow. Nice work getting that. And that is, uh, that is J-A-K.dev because right. someone already stole my URL. Mm. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I uh, There's somebody owns Casabona.com and owned it like well before me. But the site was like dormant for like 10 years. And like every so often I'd be like, so can I buy this? And they're like, nah. And it's back now. <laughs> and I was really bummed that I can't have Casabona.com. Um, I feel yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Well, I will link uh, to all of that in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 261. Thanks so much to Nitro Pack and Nexus for sponsoring this episode of How I Built It. If you want to hear Jack and I talk more about where online learning is going and where LearnDash sees itself, uh, you can become a member of the Creator Crew. You'll also get ad-free extended episodes of uh, all of the interviews that I do here on How I Built It. You can do that for as little as 50 bucks a year over at uh, joincreatorcrew.com or again at the show notes page on howibuilt.it slash 261. But that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and Jack, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jack. I appreciate it too. It's great right. being here. To everybody out there listening, until next time, get out there and build something. <laughs>